Here we go. So last weekend's right-wing rally and counter-protests in Portland, Oregon produced exactly the results you might expect. Tonight, Anthony and I take a look at some of the videos from the event, the history behind the Proud Boys versus Antifa conflict, and why isn't the mayor doing anything about this? It's all that tonight on the Unframe of Mind show. You're listening to the Unframe of Mind show, the place to have the most mind-stretching, unprotected intellectual intercourse of your life. Your hosts battle the forces of evil by lobbying fiery balls of truth, reason, and evidence over safe room walls. Alrighty, and welcome back to another episode of the Unframe of Mind show, where we have uncomfortable conversations without a condom. I'm your host, Daniel Wagner. And Anthony Traywick. Anthony Traywick, guys. He's been here. Hi. He's here. Anyway, tonight we're talking about the protests from this weekend and what we can learn from it. There's a number of th- there's a number of angles we can hit this, and I, I just, I just want to I want to get into that right after the Phobisibus. 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 On today's episode of The Phobismist, we're actually talking about the black card. Visa's black card. And why you should be offended by the black card. I think that's pretty obvious. Why can't there be a white card? An Asian card? Hmm. No? What else you got? That's about all I got, Keep man. Going, I saw... No, you posted it. You must have been outraged about it for some reason. You kept it up. I just thought You're it was interesting. What I mean, if, if this was put in such a way that it was a white card or... You know, anything of that nature, that would have been like, uh, why do I use a shrink ray on Well, you got to quit getting distracted. We'll get to comments <laughs> This later. is why I don't watch the comment Th- section. Let's quit looking at it. <laughs> no, I, I just, I happen to scroll through Facebook, and then I happen to see MasterCard had released a new card called the Black Card. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I wonder if black people are offended by this, or if they actually like the idea that they have a black card. I don't know. I mean... Do you think they would be offended by that? or I, I think if black people knew what the black card was, then maybe. Yeah. I don't know what the black card is, but I do now. <laughs> we did, I did some research. I did some research today. Yeah. Okay. So let's, first of all, let, let's, look at, let's look at the numbers, by the numbers here. Uh, this, this is the requirements for getting a black card. Um, says uh, applicants must have a credit score in the high 700s range at the minimum. Uh, many of its members will have a credit score of 800 plus. There are exceptions, especially if your net worth is extremely high. Two, your average household income needs to be $100,000 or more. Well, I'm, I'm already not qualifying for that. I, I made it past step one. My, my credit score is over 700, so I think we might qualify, but I, I'm definitely not making anywhere near 100,000 a year. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm disqualified at step two. Are you still in the running? You still in the game? I'm, I'm still in the running. Still yes, the I am. Oh, shit. All right. So let's per- see if I qualify for number three. All right. Number three. <laughs> Prospective members must currently spend at least $50,000 a year on current credit cards. Uh, no. Oh, see? I'm out. I'm out of the equation. <laughs> I made it to number three, and that was it. <laughs> tapping out. Tapping out. That's all I got. All right. Applicants uh, need to have a net worth of $250,000 or more. No, I, <laughs> I wouldn't have made it to four either. And number five, individuals should not carry a current balance on their current credit cards. If there is a balance, then it should be extremely low. I actually don't have any credit cards, so that I guess that wouldn't apply to me either. So that's interesting. It says prospective members must currently spend at least 50000 a year on current credit cards, but individuals should not carry current balance on their current credit cards. That kind of contradicts itself, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> mm, I'm sensing some fuckery. Uh, a little bit. So check this out. This is this is why y'all should be offended by the black card. And I'm gonna explain this to you. Pl- 
plain and simple, with numbers and statistics even, because quite frankly, this is a really offensive card. All right. Well, this just goes to show that it's for the elites and the privileged. Right. And here's doesn't why. Doesn't matter. Here's why. If Check you're black it out. Or white. Uh, number two says average household income needs to be a hundred thousand dollars or more. So I brought up some statistics from Statista.com. Median household income in the United States in 2017 by race or ethnic group. Um, it shows average median household income for Asians is around eighty-one thousand. For Caucasians, whites, it's around sixty-eight thousand. For Hispanics, it's around 50000 And for blacks, it's around 40000 It's called a black card. It's called a fucking black card. And yet, and yet the Asians race, outdo everybody. But, but the one race <laughs> that's least likely to be able to qualify for carrying this card based on medium people. household income are fucking black people. So I brought up some more Unusual. statistics. So here's um net worth by race. Because remember, uh, according to this card, you have to have a net worth of $250,000 or more. Now, according to federalreserve.gov, by their statistics, in 2016, net worth by race and ethnicity is, uh, well, just let's just say, according to this chart, blacks, again, are at the lowest in terms of mean net worth and median net worth. So again, the very race that this card is, is, is tar- targeting, I guess... Is the very race <laughs> that would be least likely to qualify for well, benefits. Well, I think your average Americans, having this card. you know, in general, whether it's black or white, can't even qualify for this card. <laughs> so all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, that's why you guys should be offended by that. Anyway, so let's <laughs> let's let's move on to the. Oh Jesus Christ! So from the comments section, let's just let's just start at the top here. Uh, and and Tifa, oh, mm, oh, okay, slow down there, Josh. We haven't got there yet. So uh, he, he, Josh asks, why did I use the shrink ray on on you, on Anthony? Because if you look at the cameras, we look about the same height, and it's actually because I'm actually sitting about a foot closer to the camera <laughs> than Anthony is. So it kind of creates this optical illusion that we're roughly the same size. Yep. <laughs> I, it once once we did that photo shoot, we uh, we realized that there was a uh, substantial size difference, but it was also the video we did, and the camera angle, you know, was kind of tilted up. You could see the height proportion, you know, the difference between you and I. So ever since then, Daniel said, "Nope, we're doing the show sitting down." He scooted up. I'm sitting back. It gives the illusion yeah, that well, we're the same height. It's, it's, it's not so much because because of the height. It's much, it's it's because well, first of all, it does look kind of funny on the screen, but it does, it does. But w- if we're gonna try to make adjustments for that, um, so we can actually get the camera to get us both in the frame because yeah. we are so close to it, for us to stand up and actually do that, we'd have to be standing up and one close to the other, and then try to pretend like we're looking at each other when we're talking. <laughs> at least this way, I can look right at you. Right, and, right, and right, right, right. Yeah. So. It's it's just it just works better. I mean, I prefer to do these podcasts standing up. If, if I I off. think better, and yeah, I, you know, it's hard for me to sit still because when I get kind of into certain topics, I'm yeah. a little bit more animated. So it's like it's hard yeah, for me to sit here with to have a, a lapel. You know, yeah, so. it'd be much easier to have a lapel mic and be able to stand up and move around and, yeah. and have these conversations. You know, and it throws people because the like, the new people that have started watching the show see us as we're about the same height. But then when I posted that picture on the group page, everybody's just like, "Oh, I didn't realize there was a size difference between the two of yeah, you." Right. You know, so it's only in height though that there's a size is. difference. We're uh-huh. completely the same in uh-huh. every other way. Keep telling yourself that we have we, we both have we both have tiny peckers. All right, so Rick says. <laughs> 
Um, let's see. Rick's, Rick says I want I want a white card that upgrades with my white privilege or with my privilege status. I I think that is I think that is a thing. It's just called a black card to throw people off, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Josh calls it the massa card. Massa card. <laughs> and Rick calls it the cracker card. The cracker card. Oh Jesus Christ! Come on, man. <laughs> if we're going by the numbers, it should be more like Asian cards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it that. Yeah. I mean, look at that. Look at that. I'm gonna call it the Asian card. Yep. That, that's probably more accurate. They're probably the ones that are most likely have it. E- even even with the other stats, it was it was uh, well, whites have more net worth than others, I guess. So well, substantially, there's more white people than than black people in the U.S. So that number is going to be statistically higher. That's interesting. I tell so. you what, man, it, it seems like as the days have moved on, this is one of the reasons why we tend to wait a couple of days to kind of discuss these these sort of topics, is because we want to. Uh, kind of dig into it and, and do our own research and, and find things out on our own. And it allows us to, to take that time to be able to figure out who was responsible for what. And I tell you what, as we've learned, um, the Proud Boys weren't responsible for that whole hammer situation as we dug a little deeper into that. Well, um, for those of you who don't know, we had a, a post come up. I think you had posted some information in the Facebook group about what we're talking about tonight. And somebody brought up the point that, well, it wasn't actually Antifa that had the hammer first. Yeah, right? Antifa didn't have the hammer first, so from, that, for at least from, from what I've noticed. Based on, based on one of the clips. Um, right. Hang on, let me see if I can bring it up here. No. Uh, you want to talk about what it was actually going on, why the protests and everything? catch people up there. Uh, no yeah, so on. there was a uh, independent journalist back in June that was covering the uh, the Antifa and Proud Boys situation up in Portland, Oregon, and that journalist was attacked um, by Antifa and and in a result uh, Andy, receiving huh Andy no. Yes. And uh, which ended up re- receiving multiple um, I guess bruising and uh, some head trauma and things of that nature. So um, the Proud Boys really wanted to make a difference, so they, they organized and they scheduled the event that we just currently had this past weekend to show support for end domestic um, terrorist groups such as Antifa. That is how all this kind of came into play. And there has been a history between the Proud Boys and Antifa for the last two years. A lot of people who don't live in the Portland, Oregon area, or if you're not affiliated with the Proud Boys or Antifa, you're probably not aware of what's been going on in Oregon. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until recently, I'd say probably the last couple of months, that all of this has kind of come to the national spotlight, even more so this past weekend, and really showcased what Antifa was about, what the Proud Boys were about, and then somewhere in between, you had actual white supremacist and nationalist that were trying to jump on the bandwagon with the Proud Boys to start altercations with Antifa, which happened to be that way. So that is to kind of get everybody up to speed on where we're at currently and why we had this past weekend um, as a result of what happened to the independent journalist, you know, back in June and what, uh, what actually prompted the Proud Boys to put on this, this rally to end domestic terrorism. And you sent me an article from The Intercept here called right. Riot, Rietlandia, Why Portland Has Become the Epicenter of Far-Right Violence. Right. And did you want to speak on that a little bit? Yeah, if you scroll get, down. Just to some background on that. Yeah, if you scroll down just a little bit, it kind of gives you why Portland. You scroll down just a little bit more. Oh, right, right there it says the city... Uh, 
presents a unique mix of past and present white nationalism, policing that enables far-right, weak poli uh, political leaders, and a legacy of anti-fascist um, organizing. Combine these elements allow the far-right to stage violent spectacles with few legal consequences against their ideology enemies. Antifa, liberal so-called PC culture cities, while using social media to glorify violence in recruiting tools. So... This is something and, and, that and proof of their racial and masculine virility. Right. So this is something that has been going on for a long time. It's one of the reasons why it's been such a, a nest for Antifa. Um, you yeah, know, th and then it goes on. Yeah, this particular piece talk goes goes talking about you know the state was envisioned as a white utopia and barred black people from residency until 1926. It, it basically kind of does the same thing you see with all these other topics where it's like, mm -hmm. well, you know, we just go back far enough in history, we'll find out the racist roots of it. And that can't be the answer for every damn problem that's happened. I mean, you've got to right. hold these people responsible at some point for their own actions today in the here and now. Not, not oh, well, they're, they're acting on you know, past prejudices from the, the early 1900s from, from almost 100 years ago. So their violence is justified. I, I don't understand what the point of this particular article is. but Well, it, it's just to kind of give some background on where this kind of manifests itself to where we're at currently yeah, today. From a very leftist standpoint. Right. I'll, but I'll the problem out. is, is that as soon as the Proud Boys want to engage in conflict with Antifa, they're automatically labeled as far right extreme, you know, racist group. Right. That's not the case. As somebody who was a, f a former member of the Proud Boys, I can assure you that the Proud Boys are anything than a, you know than an extremist group because they're just not. They just want to see the conflict. They want to see you know Antifa go away just in general. And I think the problem that people um, are not understanding is is that Antifa is attacking anybody. It doesn't matter if you're a member of the Proud Boys, if you're a Nazi. Elderly people have been getting hurt. People that live in Portland, Oregon are getting hurt mm. that don't have anything to do with this situation. Antifa is so out of control that Ted Cruz has now, you know, proposed a actual bill to label Antifa as a domestic uh, terrorist group. And rightfully so. You know, these people, it's often been speculated that George, you know, Soros has funded um, Antifa to keep the division going that you're currently seeing going on in the uh, United States as of right, right now. Right, right. Um, I think if, if Antifa wasn't so extreme and they actually learned a little bit of, you know, um, the Proud Boys, they might realize they're, they're not as... They're, they're not as different as... Right. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I, one of the things I was noticing in watching a lot of these uh, battles back and forth. And, mm -hmm. and, the, and it's not, it wasn't really the battles because those are just people being douchebags and fighting, you know, being like little kids fighting. Yeah. But more so in the interviews of people just asking the protesters and the counter protesters, why are you here? What's your goal here? Well, we're here to stop violence. We don't want the, you know, it's like you could you could have just picked a person from both sides and given the exact same interview. It's like they're both there seemingly for some of the similar reasons. They are, believe it or not, Antifa and the Proud Boys, whether you like it or not. They do have a lot of this, this similar ideologies as as far as what they're against. You know, Proud Boys are against racism. Antifa's against racism. Except you know, Antifa's convinced that they're fascists. So right. So that that's where it, it's just like, all right, here we go. They're just gonna so, they're gonna brawl it out. I was so. doing some. I was doing a little <laughs> bit of research, and I and I found this uh, video here. To, uh, it was basically the local news organization giving right. some uh, pr interviews to local local Portlandians okay. uh, about the thing. And, the, and then this particular guy right here caught my attention. And, and that's I think, a guy. 
Oh, oh, yes. This this isn't the guy I'm actually talking about, but yes, that is a guy. I was surprised. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I just. I I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. Let's play tell. that, and then I'll go back. Stay away from violent. I think the, this guy the here. news, honestly, uh, no, no, um, all due respect, it kind of hypes it up a little bit, and I think the people in the street are more rational when you talk to them directly, and you just get their perspective. But then when it becomes a collective group thing. And they know they're on television. Sometimes they act out a little more than they normally would. I agree with that. Unfortunately, that's kind of like I think obscures what most of the protests were about, which are just freedom of expression. So I think that this is the unfortunate thing is you have a very small segment of kind of like civil engagement pro culture that is now really kind of focused on violence and just kind of spectacle. Back in my younger days. Yeah. So so basically, yeah, yeah. The guy's like, you know, the media does have a tendency to kind of pump this stuff up, make it bigger than it really is. And I think most American people are, are aware and understand that the media does put that magnifying glass on situations like this and and blows it yeah. way out of proportion. Right. Um, and I think that's where you you get a lot of people that get upset and angry about things. You know, they get emotionally driven by what they see on the news and rightfully so. But the problem is, is that unless you're a part of the situation itself you really don't understand what's going on until you're on you know you're in ground zero and you have an idea of what's been taking place yeah. and that's one of the reasons why we've been sharing actual live streams that people that are considering themselves to be independent reporters giving you firsthand look of what is you know what is actually going on in portland see now now the 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 series of clips we're going to show here in a little bit kind of kind of show that you can really kind of paint whatever picture you want as far right. as a narrative mm -hmm. because when you really get right down to it you're talking about thousands of people having thousands of interactions with each other mm -hmm. uh throughout the course of the day uh some of them are getting recorded some of them aren't some of them are getting recorded at bad angles some of them are being clipped so that it looks like one guy started it when really it was another guy that started it so you know you could you could really take whatever narrative you want and if if you compile enough data points and enough clips, you can you can pretty much say, tell whatever story you want. You could say that, yeah, these are, you know, far right Nazi racists and they're out to, to take over the when they're out, they're out here causing violence and they're hitting people with hammers. And, you know, and then, they, you know, you could take that exact same clip and turn around and say, look at how violent these Antifa guys are, how they're, you know, going out and spraying mace at them and they're throwing hammers inside buses and shit. And it's like. Yeah, we're like, wait a minute. There's got to be a little bit more to the story than what yeah. we're not seeing. So, so, you made an assumption earlier, uh, well, and we'll on. get into we'll, that. Yeah, we'll definitely get to that. But <laughs> so let me play. Let me um play some clips from. Let me make sure I got the correct one here. So I got. Uh, goodness gracious! All right. So yes, this is from the Daily Caller. Don't judge me. It just came up first in the in the uh, go, go search. I was just looking for some some clips of what we were talking about. Um, this guy here ended up getting, sh he was trying to, um, you know, I'll just play it. Trying to see what was going on with the black guy who was pushed down on the ground by the cops. So you're trying to be a witness. Yeah, and they wouldn't allow me to do that. They they pushed me back and shot me. Can I get a hold of the So that's what they did to a witness of their behavior. Yes, of course. Of course that's what they do. How does it feel? It fucking stings like a motherfucker. Right now. Yeah, a yeah, fucking idiot. Like a How does it feel? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that guy there. I was, I'm sitting, I'm sitting there thinking. Okay, so there's a whole nother story here. On top of it is like some people are there to hold the police accountable and to watch them and see what they're doing, because in my estimation, these two groups wouldn't be fighting each other if it wasn't for the the media pressures and the government pressures on trying to f stoke the flames of violence between the two. Well, and, and Trump even tweeted that all eyes are on Portland this past weekend mm -hmm. to end domestic terrorism or terrorist groups as such as Antifa. And 
the people that aren't familiar with this whole situation, what's been going on up in Portland, you have to remember, if you live in a different state, you're more concerned probably what's going on locally, not, not nationally yeah, right. when it comes to Portland. But I'm kind of glad that, that, he, that he tweeted that tweet out that he did about you know, Portland, Oregon. Everybody needs to actually see the contrast difference between the Proud Boys and Antifa and why this is such a problem that has now manifested itself into a, a bigger situation. Because I can tell you right now, it's not just in, it's not just in Portland. You have Antifa well, across say, the board. Yeah, just a second ago, you said that you're kind of glad President Trump tweeted that. I and, and I just made the point moments before that that, it's, that I'm actually not glad he did it. I'm kind of thinking mm. I wish he had not done that because that's Why? another way that you got government forces putting the wedge between the two groups. No, I'm, I'm coming. Uh, no, I'm I'm coming to the fact of the general public getting some knowledge on the situation of what's currently going on because people need to know. I mean, if, if I'm somebody that is not familiar with Portland, Oregon, and I happen to want to take a trip or I'm going to go see family and then I get there, and I'm like, holy shit, what the hell's going yeah, on here? I'm know. not kind of educated you, on what's really going think, on. You really think that was his goal, though? Is to no, to, it's not. I, I think he was families. trying to push. No, I, I don't. <laughs> but I think that he was trying to push what Ted Cruz has already put in place mm -hmm with recognizing Antifa as a domestic terrorist, you know, organization. So I, I just, I, th I think Trump, you know, obviously he's against this whole Antifa, you know, regime. It's just, I, I think it was just trying to showcase what's going on in that area. Now, wh whatever his political agenda was on his, on his end, yeah. I can't speak yeah, on that. Yeah, we can, we can only make assumptions. But right. Just, yeah, so um, I, I want I to play this one here. I hate the left and racism. Okay, that seems like a pretty good uh, message there. <laughs> just, you know, I don't like either of these things. I do like his headgear. Yeah. So th this one, this one kind of bothered me because uh, for a number of reasons. I'm gonna turn the volume down a little bit so you can just watch and listen. So this one bothered me for a couple of reasons. Um, a, you've got the, the uh, I would say the counter protester side are sitting here chasing after these two they're walking away but yet you've got entire mob following them right and you're just they're like you hear them screaming and going nuts on the other hand you've also got this dude that brings his little girl out for a fucking protest knowing there's a pretty good chance that there might be some violence it out might here. be his girlfriend i don't know maybe she's think so little. yeah she just might be really really small i don't know it's hard to tell yeah. well, she's a little bitty girl man i don't okay? know hey do we have any extra water but yeah, so farther on into this, they they sit there and follow these people. So that guy, that guy checked. Are you okay with the with the uh, the guy that had a pepper spray in the face? Are you okay? Well, and, and, and this and is then, what I want to make. And then he runs back up in front here to follow these two. These two, they've been walking away for what, a good three solid three minutes now. Right. And the something, whole crowd. Is, or, I'm sorry, two minutes at this point. But and I think something people need to understand is is that. This is a situation that could easily spill over into other cities, not just in Portland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you think that your city doesn't have an active Antifa group, you're sadly mistaken. Uh, you really are. And that's what people need to understand, that at any given point, you know, Antifa can put itself in a position to really wreak havoc within your local communities. This is where the, you know, the Proud Boys come into play. This is where the Proud Boys step up against people like Antifa. Right. Without right. the Proud Boys, there wouldn't be any pushback 
because obviously what we're seeing up in Portland is we're not getting any help from the police in this in this the mayor of Portland is not doing anything about Antifa when you have a, a I, I am hearing reports again that they were telling the police to stand down I'm not really yeah. 100% certain how true that is or not but you know it did seem like there was a pretty strong military force and the first time I actually saw the officers there mm-hmm. in their riot gear they looked pretty, I mean, it looked like out of some kind of dystopian novel, man, the way they were just, just totally just decked out. And I was like, yeah. first of all, they got to be hotter in hell and all that gear. <laughs> but second of it's all, a little cooler up there in Portland. Guys, these guys have come dressed ready for war. Yeah. Okay. This is, a, this is supposed to be a, a local police force. Mm-hmm. And they're dressed looking like some kind of paramilitary shit. So let, let's rewind this and, and let's, do you remember we went to Murfreesboro? for what they call the Charlottesville 2.0 back when the white nationalist or whoever had the protests that they had, we ended up attending that rally. Yeah. And we saw firsthand that Antifa is very much present here in Nashville as well. Right. So I just, I just brought this one up just so you can see the gear that these guys got on. Like, holy shit, they come ready for to rock and roll, dude. They've got like rubber bullet guns, all sorts of zip ties and shit. Big ass helmets. Like, they don't fuck around. And we saw the police presence in Murfreesboro that was, I mean, heavy. Yeah, helicopters. You, drones, helicopters, snipers oh, yeah, on I roofs. About, I forgot about the drone flying around. I mean, there, it was just like something out of a, of a out of a war movie. When we showed up, it, I mean, you had officers on, on um, horses. You had, I mean, looked like military-style tanks. Yeah. Murfreesboro was on lockdown, and... It was really kind of good to see that Murfreesboro Police Department really had it under control and then nothing got out of hand. But the potential of it getting out of hand was was always there. It could have escalated to a very prominent situation that could have been very dangerous for everybody involved. And speaking speaking of that, let's play this clip here. This is the bus incident. And we're going to talk a little bit on this. Yeah, we're going to take a little more time on this one and really focus on what's going on. Because people need to get their facts straight about what happened with the bus incident. First, I'm going to go ahead and play this particular clip. I I, I hope it's a long... Here, let me let me full screen it so you can see it real good. I'm gonna start at the very beginning. All right. Turn up the volume a little bit. Get the volume up a bit. All right. No, that's not the volume. This is. There we go. All right. Here we go. All right, so this clip will continue to go on for another minute or so, and basically they're just going to sit there and keep following the bus, kicking in doors, spraying in pepper spray. I guess, so, I, guess I can go ahead and play It's just one minute. Let me go ahead and just play okay. it. Okay, so oh, that's oh, I love those sounds. 
<laughs> Originally, when we talked about this this evening, and preferably this afternoon, I asked you one question. Your first initial reaction to this video was what? Who, who, who did you think was on that bus? Oh, when, when I first saw the clip. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But yeah. When I first saw okay. the clip, um, it, was, it was in the context of a uh, dude had a hammer and threw it inside the bus. Right. Um, somebody in our chat group brought up, well, he, he didn't have the hammer to begin with. The mm -hmm. hammer came from within the bus first. Right. Okay. So over here on Twitter, there's a video that shows this from another angle. Now, if you watch, hang on, I'm going to. Right there. Nope, there it was. All right, you're going to watch in this area right here. You'll see the dude come around and start to defend this guy out here. The guy comes from uh, this area of the bus right here. He comes around. He's got the hammer. There's a guy already out here confronting this guy in the green shirt. Uh, and the guy comes around from behind the second guy, and he's got a hammer. Okay? So I'm going to play it. Watch. Now, Antifa does try to grab the hammer from him. Yeah, you can't really tell at this angle, but this guy right here had the hammer, and right. he tried to hit the guy off of him. Okay, so as so I'm, why is this important I, to know? Now, now, as I'm watching this, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so we've got this battle between Antifa and the Proud Boys, and and we're trying to figure out who has the hammer. And then I'm sitting there looking. Oh, well, it turns out the hammer came off the bus. And then my second thought was, well, maybe he was defending himself. Right. Is why he brought the hammer, which I can understand. You know, somebody made a comment on that same Twitter thread. If a bunch of zombies are attacking your bus, what are you going to do? I was like, that makes sense. However, when I watched the slowed down version, uh, they were just taunting each other. The dude steps out of the bus. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't find out till later when you came over right before the show and we were talking about it. That's not even fucking the Proud Boys on the bus. Who is nope. that on the bus, Anthony? That is, let me pull it up. If I, I want to make sure I got my information correct before I start uh, spewing out any kind of information. So Yeah, I'm trying to um, get a good shot here from this angle, but I can't quite tell where it's at. Let me uh, get it pulled up and I'll... Yeah, you're good. That, that, hammer, that hammer comes out at some point. You can't tell on this angle. So I can understand where you would have that narrative, right? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, this group didn't need to go sit there chasing after the fucking bus the whole time. That was retarded. So, it is actually called, it's a, it's the American Guard, a group the Anti-Defamation League labels as a white supremacist organization. It is not the Proud Boys at all. Right. That and, I, is, I, and, and once you mentioned it, I, oh, there it was. Okay. So, it's playing on the small version. It's right. not playing on the big. You can see right up here, this guy comes, but there he is, right there with the hammer. Bam, yep. bam, bam. He comes out of nowhere, starts smacking shit. So the problem that we're running into is is that the Proud Boys are initially the there group that put on There's your angle. this counter protest. Yeah, there's the angle right there. Yep. So nobody really thought to put two and two together because everybody initially thought it was the Proud Boys. It was the Proud Boys. They're, you know, far right extreme racist group. They're the ones responsible for the hammer situation on the bust. Turns out Proud Boys had nothing to do with it. The thing that people need to understand is is that when the Proud Boys hold events like this, it draws in actual white supremacist Nazi groups. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they try it, to it blend does. in. It, do, it does, but that's, I mean, it's still not the Proud Boys' responsibility. No, but it's not the Proud Boys' to, responsibility. And, and the media tries to tie them together. They do. And, that, and that's. They're one and the same. And that's where the ideology that people have the misconception about the Proud Boys comes into play. 
people have to really research and watch clips like this to decipher the difference between the two. The thing I want people to understand is, is that white, actual white supremacists and nationalists, like people who are straight up racist, they attach themselves to organizations such as the Proud Boys that don't want anything to do with it. The reason why is, is because, yes, majority of its members are white. It's easier for actual white supremacist group mm-hmm. to blend in with the Proud Boys. Unless you're wearing a Perry or, or something that identifies as the Proud Boys, you just look like a normal person. Yeah. But right. really, that's not the case. And this has been an ongoing issue, and part of the reasons why there is such confusion as to what the Proud Boys really are. And we've been trying to educate the public on this. Now, I do know, happen to know for a fact that, according to the Proud Boys, if that would have been seen, if, if, if the Proud Boys would have seen one of their own initiating an attack like that, instantly that person is out. Like, they do not, that's a zero-tolerance policy on It is, shit. and and with my time in the Proud Boys, and, and we'll kind of discuss why I departed from the group, but um, but during my time with the Proud Boys, the one thing was absolutely clear from the very get-go when I joined is that you cannot be racist. You cannot be a white supremacist. You can't be a Nazi, as, as you hear the term throw around all the time. Yeah, the exact things. We're, we're accused of all these things. You can't be none of those. <laughs> oh, got it. Got it. That's during, easy. During, most of us are the, not those things. <laughs> during my time mm-hmm. as an active member with the Proud Boys over the last year, I can tell you with without a shadow of a doubt, and this isn't defending the club, this is actually giving you statistical facts of what they're about. We're a drinking club. We hang out with each other. We hang out with each other's families. Yeah, we have philosophical conversations. Right. We talk about important issues. The Proud Boys are, are just patriotic men that love their country and that love their families. It's they're, they're nothing West, more Western, than that. So they're Western chauvinists. Right. And they don't apologize for, the, for creating the free world, or the, right. the modern world. And that so is... That's pretty if, much it. You know, if, if you're going to believe anything, believe it at, at your own accord. But I'm here to tell you, as somebody who was very active within the group... That all this stuff that you see on the news, it, it doesn't exist, yeah, and that's oh, what's and, so that's frustrating. The about the, 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 if you have this cognitive bias, if you're yeah. going into watching footage of the Port, Portland uh, pro, uh, Portland protest, if you're going mm-hmm. into it with a mindset of trying to prove that this team is bad and this team good, you will find all of the clips that'll support your view that you want, yeah. and you will ignore every clip that exists that goes counter to your point. Right. It's like it's so easy. I could have any damn point that I want to have and I could look at all these clips and I could figure out a way to spin my little narrative within it. Right. And it fits perfect and I'm like and I'm satisfied. I feel like my guys got in there and kicked ass and they won. So but that, but it sorry, wasn't um, Sorry, Cindy Ulrich says to find patriotic LOL. Uh stay tuned for next week because I, I knew we wouldn't have time to cover it this week, but next yeah. week I think we're going to focus on um google search versus DuckDuckGo search because uh thanks to you guys bringing up these awesome screenshots of the differences between different terms i think that's gonna be a really interesting because show. chauvinist is another word that is often miskewed yeah. when you google it versus yeah, other yeah, it, search it, engines yeah that, that term's <laughs> always been you know you always hear male chauvinist so the word chauvinist itself has this negative connotation to it. But like Enrique, well, like Enrique said, it's Western chauvinist. It's not male chauvinist. Right. That was something that the CNN reporter was trying to catch him on, but he quickly corrected oh, her Jesus. and explained the difference between the two. And we're not going to get into that. But there was one more thing I wanted to play. Uh, one more video here. Um, this is a 
how Antifa sees themselves. I do. I do want you to see this because we, we we can give a little bit of, of of view on how the Proud Boys interact because we have interacted with them. Um, we I, of course I'm going to be biased to the situation yeah. because I so, was a so former we, we member. Can but offer, we can we actually have the benefit of being able to offer a little insight to right. what their views are. However, we're not part of Antifa, so we we can't give a perspective from where they come from other than what the media says about them unless we watch this clip here that i found where they speak for themselves so i'll let i'll play the clip and i'll let y'all be the judge and then we'll jump into uh, your reasoning for departing from the proud boys and then we'll wrap up with that okay okay so here's here's this little uh tidbit you've here. said things like um we are unapologetic about the reality that fighting fascism at points requires physical militancy what does that mean that means that when fascists come to our city to attack people, we are going to put our bodies between fascists and the people they want to attack. I'm sorry, but if this guy came up and started talking shit, I would just laugh at his voice. I'd cold clock his ass. <laughs> like, I know really? immediately who he is. <laughs> like, I mean, that's just a given. <laughs> like, like, really, dude? You're, you're, have your balls even dropped? And try to prevent them from doing that. When you say put our bodies, that sounds like a... a, a passive statement but sometimes you are not just putting your bodies but you are acting with your bodies you're also hitting and you're throwing things and, and you're reacting violently i think self-defense can look violent if you're looking at it as the person who responds in self-defense is as culpable but we don't see it that way we see ourselves as engaging in self-defense from groups who want to do our community harm whose ideology is the ideology of genocide and mass murder so in all right. So basically, when they go there to attack these, when they go to these counter protests, mm -hmm. in their view, they're already at the position of self defense. Right. In their mind, they're not initiating force. In their mind, they're still on the moral high ground. But see, like, they're going against actual white supremacists, which I can agree. That's that's what they're after, and that's what they're trying to do. So are the Proud Boys. That's where a lot of people right. don't they're, understand yeah, that there I, yeah, are yeah. a similar interest between the two groups. Even though they're, they're completely polar opposites, they both have a common cause of rooting out that specific group. The problem is Antifa just automatically assumes the Proud Boys are white supremacists. Yeah. And, and they're not the there to talk. They're there to defend. Right. In the sense of anyway. reaction, we see fascism as an inherently violent ideology. So when we disrupt its organizing, we see that as self-defense. The very presence of organizations and, and people who you would call fascist or fascist leaning that very presence is violent and so your violent reaction would be self-defense although ideologically that's what you believe in in reality and in, in the legal system that would count as assault right do you does that concern you at all one of our points of unity is that we don't depend on the cops or the courts to do the work of opposing white supremacy. So you're saying that when, when far-right groups come here and throw demonstrations and have their rallies, they don't necessarily have to throw the first punch in order for you to, to react violently? The purpose of these groups in coming to Portland is to attack people. We can see on this upcoming rally on Saturday that they've stated that explicitly. Oh, uh, what? They've stated that explicitly. I, I haven't seen this. I would love, you know, if anybody has that info, I'd like to see that, mm -hmm. that they came there specifically to attack people. In numerous, numerous social media well, postings we that, that they want us. to hurt, maim, no, and he's talking about of killing that's who they're going anti fascists. To. Why do you think they come to Portland? And they see it as 
this liberal city, this city emblematic of values that they oppose. And they see it as a city where the left has strength and they want to attack and defeat that. Do you think your presence here attracts them as well? I think to a certain degree, but they wouldn't come, they would come here regardless of our presence. If we weren't here, if anti-fascists, if the numerous people who come out with us in the streets weren't here to oppose them, they would come and still attack people. A lot of experts who study far-right groups say that what you're doing is actually playing into their hands. How would you respond to that? If we didn't show up to oppose fascists when they organized large rallies like the one coming up on Saturday, they would still be finding violence, but they would be finding people who are unprepared. You're, you're here in sweatshirts and, and masks. Why, why, why do you wear masks? Why do you cover your faces? Primarily it's for our own safety. The far right and the state would have a history of targeting anti-fascists. So we wear masks so that we can't be identified and targeted. Some of your critics say that it is uh, the masks are, are cover for you to be able to commit criminal acts. So how do you respond to that? Again, the masks are there for our own safety so we can continue to do this organizing without the fear of fascist or state repression. So you wouldn't remove your masks and say the things that you just said? I Not on camera. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that is the difference between Antifa and the Proud Boys. Oh, yeah. Proud Boys don't cover their face. They are, they, they put themselves out there. They know what's at risk. They know that there's a risk of being doxxed. They know that there's a risk of potentially losing your job. You know, things happening to your family. That is the, the ultimate price that you pay when you become a member of the Proud Boys is that you take that chance. That is a risk. So what people need to understand is, is that we don't cover our face. We're not going to. We're proud to be Americans. Right. We're proud to be patriotic. We're proud of our country. We, you know, we love our law enforcement, our military. Antifa doesn't give a shit about any of that stuff. Uh -oh. None of it. So, so. okay, so... Uh Josh says uh, in the comments, he says, watching the news on Proud Boys and Antifa the past two years has taught me that propaganda is absolutely real. Oh, yeah, it's definitely real, dude. Um, Catherine C. says, uh, American Guard is not white supremacist. Do your homework. Um, uh, I did do my homework. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they've, they've been well documented as a white supremacist organization. Well, by who, though? That's the question. That was what I pulled up. Um, American Guard? Yeah. No, no, the American Guard is the group. The, the def, uh, Anti-Defamation League la labels as a white supremacist organization. The Anti-Defamation League? Yeah. Oh, they're kind of a left-wing group anyway. Uh, well, they're, to, I mean, that's... Label, they're, they're the ones that, I, right. as far as I know, labeled the Proud Boys as a mm -hmm. terrorist <laughs> Instead of the SBLC. So but. wait a minute. So, so the people on the bus was who? The American Guard? The American Guard out of Utah. It was out of Utah? I believe so. Well, let's see what comes up. Utah American Guard. I don't. Um, I have to go back and find see, we that got, on my. Uh, uh, oh yeah, search. American uh, behind the American Guard. Hardcore white supremacist. That's the first thing that comes up even on DuckDuckGo for Utah American Guard. Behind the American Guard, hardcore white supremacist. Uh, Utah, Utah. It's not. It's not the Army National. No, Guard. no, it's, no. Uh -uh. They're called the American Guard. Right. Okay, because there's a Utah Army National, and, and the only article that comes up about them is 
That's even on DuckDuckGo. That's that's more of a search engine I actually trust. So if that's not true, then instead of just screaming us to do our homework, because we've been doing a lot of research on this, and that's just what we found out so far, doesn't mean we've hit every angle and gotten everything completely correct. So, um, I mean, if there's something some, else that yeah, says otherwise, yeah, let us, us know. Some, throw us some links and let us let us do our let us do our research. Just uh, yep. help point us in the right direction. That's what I'm looking at. Absolutely. And, 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 if, and if they're, you know, my point was regardless is, of what their viewpoints are, you know, our point was just that it's not the Proud Boys. Like right, that, that's what we were getting at. And it wasn't that would not be behavior that would be acceptable within the Proud Boys. Now right. I don't know this American. I'm not guard, familiar with them either. What kind? I don't know who they are. I don't know what kind of behavior is acceptable if right. they're allowed to attack first, and that's. Uh, you know, congratulated or, or incentivized. I, I that I don't know. So, right. um, if if we if we did if we got something wrong, I you know that's why we that's why we do this show live so we can get get you guys' feedback on it. Um, Cindy says that the, the uh, Antifa guy uses self defense as an excuse. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. It's exactly right. Um, and they'd have no choice but to depend on the dis- uh, decision of the courts if their masks were off. Yeah, so and 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 really pisses me off because a lot of anarchists are part of this group too. So-called anarchists are, are part of this group, and they they just are, you know, really giving anarchy a bad name. So it makes it really hard for people like me who also believe in anarchy to try to make the case when you got this. Right. This is your example. Yeah. Um, Rick says, "I love how all the leaders of the Proud Boys are open with their identity, and Antifa has to hide their identity so they can't be charged with anything." Yep. And um, last comment here is uh, Cindy says, bullshit, they're too weak to stand for what they believe in without masks. That's absolutely correct. So as we wrap up the show tonight, um, uh, we haven't talked about it yet. You just happened to mention this to me tonight, that you're actually distancing yourself from the Proud Boys. Right. And it has nothing to do with Portland, Oregon, or anything mm-hmm. like that, I'm to understand. So no, so, give me some, give so the history, here, right? and then and this is something I, I, I'm choosing to go public about. This isn't anything that... Uh, was pressured by anyone or anything to do. I just felt that it was necessary to kind of put that out there. And have you have you already told them? Do they know this yet, or is this just being announced? I'm not. Like yeah, I, I'm. I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna put out names of who's part of the Proud Boys, but I did specifically talk to three individuals that I'm that I'm close to that are members of the Proud Boys, um, and this is something that has been going on for the last three months for me personally within my own within my own um, life right and I'm not going to get like I said I'm not going to get into full details but I will tell you that it does have a direct impact on my family as far as my interactions with the Proud Boys and with the federal government the FBI so I had to really really figure out what was going to be the best interest for me and my family as far as, you know, certain people being involved. And I felt that when, once I had the conversation with the guys, the, the first thing all three of them told me was family first. You have to do what you have to do for your family, you know, first and foremost. Sure. Um, I didn't want to walk away from the group. I didn't want to disassociate myself with any of the guys, which I'm, I'm still friends with. I'll hang out with them. It just won't be Proud Boy, Proud Boy related situations. Um, you won't be going to attend any kind of rallies or you know any no. kind of marches or nothing like no, that. No, it, it's Proud just Boy, maybe 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 as a as a, a as friend. an interviewer for uh, Unframe of Mind. Perhaps, <laughs> there you go. But, there you go. As <laughs> a as a right as a, a friend journal <laughs> neutral neutral journalist here. <laughs> Basically, Sorry. this was a decision that wasn't 
done sporadically. This was a decision that was made over many, many conversations with family, um, especially having family that has ties to the FBI. Um, it's it's when you put your family in a situation where they don't want to have anything to do with you because of your political ties with the Proud Boys. I don't want that. I don't say, want to see that. When you say family, are you talking about extended family? Or are you talking about? Your, I'm not your talking about. I'm, I'm not talking about any. I'm just generalizing this whole situation because I don't want people to speculate. Um, gotcha. It it was just in the best interest for me and my family for me to walk away on good terms with the guys. The guys, you know, they completely understood. They said, family first, do what you have to do. We respect that. There was no blowback to it. I still talk to the guys okay. quite often. So, so the pressure come from your family? Or yeah, the pressure it did. came from your the, the, the No, I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say the pressure came from my family. It, it, it was the pressure of my, um, my personal involvement with the group because – the mainstream media has painted the Proud Boys to be such an extreme organization. A lot of people don't do their homework. They assume. Yeah. Therefore, putting me in uncomfortable situations by not allowing me to see certain individuals because of my affiliation with the Proud Boys. It caused a lot, a lot of problems. So for the last three months, I've laid low. I've done my own thing. I've just gone to work. I've, you know. Right. I've had many conversations to sort this out. And when we've had this conversation, there, there, was, there was nothing I could do to make the situation better. So and I knew the, that the, the only way... The members in question weren't, weren't trying to hear you. Um, like, they had made their decision. I'm, I'm assuming you were trying to explain to them what the Proud Boys really were. Yeah, and, they... And they weren't hearing it. No, they weren't hearing it. So it doesn't... I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like a very... Like I, I'm, I'm not going to get into that, yeah, but see, I, I, I just didn't. Like, I'm sorry if my own family wasn't willing to listen to me. I would, I would just have nothing to do with them. I don't have no problem dropping a bunch of asshole family members that, you know, can't listen to me and hear, you know, trust me that I know what I'm doing. They just assume, you know, and then and then make their judgments and decisions based on that. Like, hey, fine, you want to do that? Go ahead and do it. I don't yeah. give a shit. You can do your thing. You be you, dude. The, the, the sad part about this and what I try to explain to people is that during my time as a member with the Proud Boys, you know, you feel very patriotic. You feel like you're, you know, you're defending your country, your fellow man and your neighborhoods and your family yeah. from, you know, people like Antifa. You know, it's one of the reasons why I joined, because I didn't want to see that shit show up in my backyard. I don't want I don't want to see it in my hometown. Yeah. I wanted to be with a bunch of guys I had a lot of things in common with, hang out, have a couple of beers, and, you know, so, when problems yeah. arise. And, and then when shit goes down, you got people that are there, got your back. You yeah. Got a network of, of, you know, dependable people that yeah. share your view. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, totally understandable. Uh, you know, and, and, and so I'm you're really you're really sacrificing a piece of you to appease a family member or family members that don't and won't yeah. understand you. You know, it, it was a it was a difficult situation to kind of come to terms with, but I feel like now you don't you don't have to answer me one way or another because I know you're trying to kind of remain vague about it. But I had this sense that you have some kind of kids involved in this, where mm -hmm. they were being you were being told, well, if you continue down this path, you won't get to see these kids anymore. 
That's kind of the sense I get. Yeah, there were certain used as leverage, and that's even dirtier. Yeah, there was. uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, say it straight up. There was somebody that was using kids as leverage because of my association with the Proud Boys. That that really bothered me that yeah. you would use your own kids as leverage so I can, uh, yeah say if it was I'm just not, that one person you probably wouldn't have you probably would have just said you know fuck you buddy going about your day but you know, well when, the when fact the that they involved, had said that they don't trust me with their kids that and when i have done so much for kids at vanderbilt and over the years right, and much right yeah that really struck yeah. a chord with me it's like it was like how dare me? you dude you don't even fucking know me <laughs> and for you to judge my character because i'm a part of an organization that, that is patriotic missed, that loves this country yeah. that will stand up against fuckers like antifa and, and you want to put in question my ability to be around your kids that you don't trust me mm-hmm. I have a, I have an, ex, I have, it, it, it pisses me off. Uh, yeah. I it tell, it I really, tell, really pisses me, me off. As you, as you're talking about it, I can, I can sense you're kind of holding back some kind of, you know, strong but, emotions about but here, but here's the thing. Like, you were cornered. You're, you're stuck here going, man, this is kind of bullshit, but, but there are, first, right? there, yeah, there are certain individuals that did not have a problem with me being a part of the proud boys, mm-hmm. but to make the situation whole again, without there being any conflict i had to completely remove myself right. altogether no I, I understand i'm just i'm just you know curious <laughs> my no it, i mean it's fine it's just you know it's my love for the and my my passion for this country runs deeper than anybody you'll ever meet i love this country i love what it stands for and and, and so forth and to be a part of an organization that loves its military its police its country it's you, you know it's it's one of those things where I, I just, I immerse myself in that. Yeah. I love it. You know, I'm a big on 4th of July. I, I, you know, I'm just a patriotic dude. And like to be is like your Christmas, that is, that is, <laughs> it really is. It really is. It really is. So, uh, you know, this was one of the most difficult decisions that I've had to make. Now understand that a lot of the guys that, that are part of the group, I I'm still associated with. Um, they're great guys. They're great family people. I love them to death. You know, they, they still talk to me. We still hang out so forth. So, so is this just a break for now? Um, or I reassess later on down the road. I have had this conversation with a certain individual and I will recess the situation at a later date. Um, I have been told that I'm always welcome back into the proud boys. Um, I'm currently, or before my departure, I was second degree and I was actually planning on becoming a third degree until all this went down. So, you know, it, when I see what was going on in Portland and I'm thinking to myself, man, I could have had the opportunity to be there, to be involved with that, to stand up for, you know, the cops and, you know, for military. And, 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 and what I want people to understand is, is that without the proud boys, Antifa, would would just grow even bigger within other cities and towns and you know the proud boys are that push back to hold them in portland we do have it here in tennessee we do have a group of antifa here in tennessee it's it's been documented mm-hmm. and without the proud boys antifa would run them up so here's the next move we join antifa i I'm, i wouldn't even sell my soul to the devil for that <laughs> gotta make the family proud man I tell you what, I love everything that this country stands for. 
throughout its harsh, you know, through all of its hardships and through all of the good times and the bad times, I have never questioned my fellow man when it comes to defending this country. This is, you know, I wasn't able to actually um, join the military for medical reasons, but this to me was like the next best, you know, next, uh, next best thing for me to do to be an active insert in the community mm -hmm. to make sure that things don't get out of hand. Yeah. And to be put in the position that I am, that, that I'm currently in, you know, like I said, I, I'll talk to the guys, I'll keep talking to them, and, you know, if we can figure something out, we will. Oh, right so. on, man. Well, I appreciate you feeding, <laughs> fee, feeling, filling in the details. Good Lord, I can't talk. It's unfortunate, but I hope that maybe after a certain amount of time, yeah. things will kind of settle down and, you know, I'll reassess the situation, but, you know, family is first. Well, I'll tell so. you what, um, I think that's a good note to wrap up on. Uh, this has been another uncomfortable conversation without a condom. I'm your host, Daniel Wagner. Anthony Trawick. Right, have a good and one. And we're out. Wow, was that not the best ideagasm you've ever had? Want to do it again? Go to unframeofmind.com to find more mind-stretching, world-altering podcasts, videos, and articles. And get those critical thinking juices flowing.